Well, good morning. Uh, I was going to have you turn around and say hi to everybody, but I'm going to jump right in and we'll get some lights on in here. And man, it's so good to see you this morning. Can we give just one more time the Lord a big round of applause? Our worship team are uh, just super, super good day. I love it. And so uh, let me just give you a couple of little updates. Y'all are going, hold on, we're in a vision series and why are you standing up here? I'm not going to be preaching a vision, all right? Uh, well, just Pastor Key, uh, he got the COVID. Uh, he's recovering from it. He's coming off of it. He is doing fine. Everything's great. Talked to him this morning. He is all good. Uh, just so you have an update on that. So that's about it. Okay. I'm not going to say where he got it from or who he got it from because I will not name names. Snitches get stitches. I'm just kidding. All right, we don't know. All right, but he's doing fine. He's doing great. So uh, I am going to share something with you today on my heart. And I wanted to share something, not necessarily going along with the vision in the vision series, but something that was kind of on my heart about the whole four-week vision series. And it's the appreciation that I have for our pastor the, uh, that says, you know what? God says do this, and I'm going to be obedient in it. And it's the obedience part, the obeying part that just I love the most because God has called us all to be obedient. Look at this right here. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. It says, obedience brings what? Oh, that's terrible. That's a, that's a, that sounds like a victory cry right there. Victory. No, no, no. Okay. Let, let's say this again. Obedience brings? Victory. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to repeat some things with me today, so y'all better hang on, okay? And if you're at home and you're watching on television right now, I'm going to ask you to say the same thing, all right? So obedience brings victory, and disobedience brings defeat. And I love that statement because God has called us to be obedient. God wants us to obey him. Obedience is an act of worship. Obedience is an act of worship. It demonstrates our love for God. What obedience means really is this. It's simple. It's basically in terms, it means this, hearing the Word of God and acting on it. There's obedience. I'm hearing the Word of God. I'm acting on the Word of God. It also is when we completely surrender, and we completely surrender to His authority. And we base our decisions, we base our actions all on His Word. That's obedience. And today I really want to jump into obedience and what that means. Now, as you know, some of you may know, my son just went off to West Point, the Army. And he had gone off and he had just finished his basic training. He has just now finished it. He comes in and he gives us a phone call. Now, if, if this is not the perfect thing to talk about obedience when this dude just went off to the Army, I don't know what is, right? He learned very quickly what obedience was supposed to look like, okay? Because they had three weeks to turn this guy into, from a civilian into a soldier, and the best way they know how is push-ups, apparently, okay? Obedience brings victory. Disobedience brings push-ups. So he tells us this story, and I have to share this because this is great, right? So he, not knowing anything about the army, only what we have told him or what we've researched, but until you know, until you walk through those doors, you sit on that bus. And so we drive him there, we get him into the place, and we, we're, he's going off onto the bus. It's our time of saying goodbye to our son. We have no idea what he's walking into, and neither does he. And so we see him go all into the bus and we wave goodbye as he goes and goes. It's like going to camp, right? It's like our teenagers going off to camp. No, it's not. 
So the very first thing is there's a sergeant on the bus. Now the sergeant now jumps up. Have you ever seen Forrest Gump? This is what I see in my head. He jumps up and he is now telling everyone to look forward and he's yelling at them, screaming at them, and he says, you will address me and you will address the officers and the sergeants and all that with this. Okay, <laughs> I got to make sure I say it right. He says, yes, sir, ma'am, sergeant. Okay, or no, sir, ma'am, sergeant, or I don't know, sir, ma'am, sir. Those are your only three responses right there. So he's yelling, yelling, yelling. He gets to my son, and apparently he was looking forward, or something. I don't know, but he starts to say something to him, like da 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 da. And my son responds with, "Yes, sir, man, sergeant." He thought that's what he said. He thought he said, man sergeant, not ma'am sergeant. So he goes, yes, sir. I'm, yes, sir, man sergeant. The guy goes, no, I'm a sergeant. Yes, sir, man sergeant. No, I'm a sergeant. Yes, ma'am, no, sir. He would not stop saying it. He was panicked. He was freaked out. He didn't know what to do. The guy's yelling at him. He's like, you are a man, right? You know? And then all of a sudden, the guy gets kind of fed up with him because he won't stop saying it that way. And he don't know how to explain it. He goes to the next guy and goes, do you understand? And the guy in front of him goes, yes, sir, ma'am, sergeant. (laughs) The guy now freaks out, goes in front of the bus and starts yelling at everybody, do you all understand me? And the entire bus says, yes, sir, ma'am, sergeant. (laughs) My kids already lead them strong. So apparently they uh, fixed that pretty quickly. Uh, Apparently the guy had to stop everybody and go, no, 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 no. Just yes, sergeant, no sergeant, you know. Yeah, so they fixed it pretty good. But everybody say obedience. Okay, I told you I'm going to ask you to say a lot of things here. Okay, y'all got me today, all right. So everybody say obedience Obedience. brings victory. victory. Disobedience Disobedience brings defeat. So I want to jump in that today. I want to look at Noah, uh, in the story of Noah in Genesis chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 6. And I will kind of read a little bit through it. And I'm going to get to one part where Noah really had to be obedient to the Lord. So I want to kind of tell you just briefly, I'm going to start in verse 9. Uh, uh, and so it says, Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless among the people of his time. And he walked faithfully with God. Now, uh, that's a good statement right there. It, right off the bat, it says Noah was a good guy. He was a, a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a guy who, who, who walked with the Lord. He knew the Lord. And apparently he was obedient enough to the Lord. So when the Lord was going to decide to take out some people in the place, in the area, he let him be the guy who was going to build the boat. And then he gets to it. I'm not going to read all of that. I just want to park on this, and I'll throw this up on the screen, starting in verse 14. So he's a righteous guy. He's going to end the corruption. God's going to end these things that were happening with these people. And he says, now listen, here's what I want to do. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen here because I'm flooding the earth. Now, he says this. He says, build a large boat from cypress wood or, or gopher wood in the King James Version. But it says cypress wood in my version. It says, and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then uh, contrast decks and stalls throughout its interior. Verse 15 says, make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. He gives him some some dimensions here that he's got to follow. He then goes and says, listen, I need you to leave an 18-inch opening below the roof and all the way around the boat. He then goes on and says, put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Now, I want to stop there for a second, and I want to give you this first point. 
Noah obeyed the Lord precisely. Write this down. Because I want you to see this because here's the thing that we do way too much in our lives. When God calls us, when God says, I want you to do something, and, the, and us wanting to be obedient, we sometimes go, well, I will do part of it, don't we? I will do some of it. Hey, God, I know you want me to go all in on this, but I, I'm going to give you a little bit. Now, what, and I want to use this as an example because what if Noah said, listen, 450 feet long, that's long, God. That's probably longer than I can really do this. And I only got this measuring stick that's about this big. I'm just going to go 300 feet. You're fine with that. I'm still building a boat. I'm still building it. But I'm only going to go 300 feet instead of 450. I know you want me to go this high, but I'm only going to, I'm going to shave off about 10 feet of that because it will save me time. I'm going to shave off just a little bit more because it will help us out. In our, we, look, it's thundering. I better do that. He could have made excuses, but let me ask you this question. If he had gone into this not precisely and just did it his way, like many of us do on obeying God, we want to do it our way, and then we want to say we justify it, we rationalize it by saying, well, I'm still doing what you called me to do, but I'm just doing part of it. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that boat would have floated? No. The boat would have sank. He wouldn't have been able to get all the animals on it. He wouldn't have been able to do what God wanted him to do because he wanted him to follow him, obey him precisely. And that's what I want you really to hear today because this is so strong and this is so real. Is This is a thing that I see way too often when I counsel people, when I talk to people. And I'm like, you know, God told you to do that. Are you doing it? Sort of. That's not what he wants. He wants us to obey him precisely. And a lot of times what we got to understand is, here's the deal. I mean, I, 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 and I'll be honest. My wife will, you know, tell you this. I don't like using instructions when I put things together. Anybody else with me on this one? I will look at the picture on the box. I got this. Look at the picture. And there is not a time that I have not put something together for the children, for our home, whatever. And I will go back and I'll go, man, it looks exactly like the box. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then there will be like two or three bolts left over. Where did these bolts go? How did I? What the, it was, it's to, and then we go to put that first book on it. The kid goes and gets on that first bike, and the wheel comes off going down the street. Yeah, I've been there on that one. I learned very quickly as a parent growing up putting things together for the kids, especially bicycles, that I might want to use the instruction booklet. But guys, I want you to hear this. We have an instruction booklet right here called the Bible. We have an instruction booklet right here called God's Word. We have an instruction booklet that he says, I want you to follow these things precisely. Noah did. And so a couple other things, and I'll, 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 I'll uh, tell you the next one here, is Noah obeyed the Lord without hesitation. This is what I love about this. He came to him. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to build this boat. You, here's what, I'm going to flood the earth. I want you to get these animals. I'm going to do all this stuff. And he didn't go, well, I'll wait till when I feel good about it. You know, I'm going to have to wait until, you know, this thing ends or that thing's end. Or I'm going to, because let's be honest, how many times have we done that in our lives? Have we said, I know God wants me to do this, and I did not take that next step? Or how many times can you look in your life where you say, because I have probably more times in my life where I can say, I did something, and then I saw the outcome of it was not good, or I didn't do it quick enough, I'll put it that way. And then I went, oh, if I would have just done that a little quicker. Boy, if I would have just bought that stock when that, no, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, we, we, there's times that we can look back and go, if I would have just. And I love this and how I came to know, how I came to be at this church. As you know, I, we started a church. God told us to do this. And, and, and I'm not a church planner, but God says, you are today. 
and I ended up planting a church in Shady Hollow, and we grew it, and God began to do cool things, and we saw people saved and baptized. And I mean, I had 100 teenagers at one point throwing color at each other in my backyard. God was doing some really cool stuff. And then all of a sudden, I meet Pastor Key, who I just love and who we became friends with and who we just became just really tight and just, man, I love what you're doing. And we both agreed in ministry, and we just had a really good connection. And we began to talk, and we'd have these meetings on Mondays, and we would just sit down, and I'd go, man, I'm meeting in a school. And he's like, yeah, I got this, and I got a gym that's falling apart. You know, all this stuff. He was all the, all the stuff, and we'd just talk and hang out. And then one day he goes, you ought to just come and be a part of our campus. You ought to come and just be our campus pastor. You're evangelistic, man. We need that here. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. And I started praying about it. And then I heard God's voice say, you need to do this. And I remember telling my wife going, I don't know. We started this thing. We got people involved. We got stuff happening. It's really cool. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. And God goes, you need to do this. I remember going to my elders and all the people saying, hey, guys, what do y'all think? And they were like, yeah, we're tired of setting up, <laughs> you know. So. And it was like this moment of everybody kind of got it and figured it out. And then we said, yes, we come into here. God did some cool things. But here's what I can look back at. If I would have hesitated, if I would have said, no, let me give it about six more months. So let me give it about this many, much more time. COVID hit in March. We came over here in January. Or February. Think about that for a second. Just let that kind of swirl around in you just for a second. If I would have hesitated, and when COVID hit back in March, it shut every church in every school in the city down. Tell me God ain't real, all right? <laughs> right? God wants us to obey him without hesitation, okay? Because I want you to see this. I'll throw this up here. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience. Listen to that. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience. Delayed obedience, well, that's just disobedience. Let that sit for a minute. I'm so thankful every day that our church and us decided as a whole to say, yes, let's join it. And I love it. And I love being here. And I love getting to do what I get to do. But if I would have hesitated, we'd have been shut down. So uh, in Genesis chapter 6, 22, it says Noah did all that God commanded. In Genesis 7, 5, it says Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him to do. And see, I want you to hear this too. It is not hard to obey when we love the one we obey. It's not hard to obey him when we love him. I should get an amen on this one. Y'all get fired up a little bit here on women. Can I get an amen? Thank you. There it is. I'll wait for it. All right. I know they're saying it at home. It's not hard to obey when we love the one who we obey. Look at John chapter 14, 15. It says, Jesus says, listen, if you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, if you truly love me, not like me, not know that I'm wrong, but if you love me, it says, obey my commands. Obedience shows that we, here's the thing, obedience shows God that we love him, we trust him, uh, which in turn activates the power that we have in our lives. I'm going to say that again just so you maybe miss it. Obedience shows God that we love him and we trust him, which in turn activates his power that's in our lives. Obedience is not out of, it's out of love, not obligation. And too many times people look at God as this, and, and maybe you've done this as, as a child. Maybe even now some of you still have this thought in your head because I know I did for a very long time growing up. That God was this God who was this old, angry man in the clouds. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just be honest with me. That this old angry man with a stick, and every time you did something wrong, he would go, no, you know, that kind of, and he was this old angry guy up there. And a lot of times people carry that in, our, in their heads, and that's not why we're obeying so we don't get hit by the God stick that, you know, because we did something wrong. We obey him because we love him. And guys, he loves us, right? So look, if you look at Noah here, Noah obeyed the Lord precisely. Noah obeyed the Lord without hesitation. We should obey the Lord because we love him and he loves us. And here's the third one. Noah obeyed the Lord when everyone else did not. That's a big one. Think about this for a second. It says Noah obeyed the Lord when everyone else did not. Everyone else was going against the grain. Everybody, I mean, I'm sorry, everybody else was going one way and he was going against the crowd. If you've ever had to go against the crowd, you know what I'm talking about. You may have ever been against the, going against the crowd. Going against the crowd is tough. I got one time, it's many, many years ago, okay, not here, but this very wealthy man from the church came up to me and he says, hey, I got four tickets to the UT football game. Would you like them? And I'm thinking, this dude is so rich that these tickets might be like front row. They might even be on the field. We could actually play. So I said, yes, immediately. Absolutely, yes. So I called three of my friends. I said, hey, man, guy from church, pretty wealthy dude, just gave me UT tickets. I think it comes with helmets. We could play. Come on. So they were like, yes, pick us up. I picked them up. I headed over to the arena. And this was back in the, this was a long time ago, back in the, you know, the days where the place was packed out. I get there with the tickets. I show the lady. I said, yeah, we're probably on the 50-yard line, you know, out 30 feet out, you know, whatever. And she goes, uh, no, you're at the top of the balcony. I said, and then my friends looked at me. I said, well, he is rich. I don't know why he gave me. <laughs> Apparently they were the giveaway tickets. I don't know. So we were there. I don't care. We got to go and we're sitting up there. And I think there was a football game going on down there. That's how high we were. Uh, my nose kept bleeding. I don't know what was going on. But, you know, we're having a good time. And all of a sudden, you know, the game's over. We had a great time. We're like, yay. And it ended, they won. And so we're like leaving. And if you've gone to the UT football games, you know that there's two, like, you go down the ramps on each side, right? And you get down there and everybody walks like this. <laughs> Who's been there? Tell me out so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So everybody's walking like this. We're like, yeah, man, we won. Yeah. We're all kind of walking. We get halfway down the ramp and I'm with my three friends. And I realized I forgot my jacket. So, 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 just the O across the crowd, everybody. So a couple of you, you've been here, all right. So now I'm going, oh, no, I got to go back up and get it. I, I, you know, because you know how you get there sometimes, it's cooler, and then you have to take it off, it gets hotter, you know, but whatever. So I left it on the seat, and I look at my friend. I said, I left my jacket. My friend looked at me and says, leave it. I go, no. <laughs> it's my favorite jacket. So we're walking, still doing this, and I go, I have to go get it. They're talking me out of it. They're like, dude, you can't go. I go, I got to go. So I spun around, and I was face-to-face with a guy. I go, I forgot my jacket. A guy I don't know looks at me and goes, leave it. I said, I don't, you don't know me. That's my favorite jacket. Move. And so now I'm doing this, and my friends left me. They keep going, and I'm fighting through the crowd. Now, I'm talking about one of the most difficult things physically, and it becomes mentally now because my friends are now yelling back at me going, you're an idiot. (laughs) And not only do my friends are yelling at me and screaming at me, everybody in the tunnel now screams at me. They're all going, leave it, you're an idiot. And I'm going, no, it's my jacket. And so I'm fighting through the crowd. I'm fighting through everybody. People are pushing me. People are throwing popcorn at me. I don't know these people, but they jumped in on the bandwagon. And my friends are like, we're leaving. I go, I got the keys, sucker. I drove. So 
you got to wait. So I go all through this thing, and I mean, I'm talking, I fight my way through all the way to the top, and I bust out of the crowd, and I, and I go over there to get my jacket, it was gone. But that's not the point of this. Somebody stole it. Probably the guy walked by me with it going, okay, just keep on going. <laughs> but the point was this, when you go against the crowd, it's not easy. When you go against the crowd in this world as believers, guys, those of you in this room that know Jesus Christ, those of you in this room that have a relationship with the Lord, those of you in this room that you know that your name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life, guys, those of you in this room who are living out for the gospel of the Lord, it is hard to do that going against the grain of this culture. It is not easy. But we can do it. You can push through it. The one thing that we can learn from Noah in this is that he was a preacher of righteousness. He stood strong in those things. And I love it in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. And Pastor Keith kind of went over this not too long ago. Is when these men were fighting against, or, you know, basically the culture of their time saying, stop sharing Jesus. Stop talking about the resurrection. Stop it or we're going to kill you. Look what they said right here. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we must obey God rather than man. I want to obey God. And I know there are times, I mean, I have, I have people in my life and, and family members in my life who don't believe what I believe. They don't believe that there is a God. They don't believe that there is a Jesus. They don't believe that there's a heaven and they don't believe that there's a hell. And there's times that I've had to sit and talk, and they're like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, no, trust me, my life is different because of the gospel. And I've had to sit there and have those conversations, and definitely in this world, it is so hard sometimes to go against that. But I would rather obey God than man. That's the most important thing, because here's the thing, when we do that, and people can see that in us, people are going to want what we got. People are going to want what we have. People are going to want to see and have the joy they see in our lives. Amen? 100%. So how do we do this, right? Here's some things. Noah obeyed the Lord precisely. He did it without hesitation. I mean, he did it and he went against the crowd and he did. So what is the blessings from it? What do we get from it? I'm going to give you a couple things here and then I'll close. Okay, so write this down. So some blessings or or some things that just that that happen uh, when we obey the Lord. Number one is this, it gives us strength and comfort in times of trouble. It will give us strength and comfort when we go through the storms that we go through. When we're obeying his word, when we're obeying God, when we're walking where we're supposed to be walking and doing what we're supposed to be doing, here's what's going to happen through that. We're going to get strength. We're going to have strength. He's going to give us the strength to push through. Maybe it's trying to push through the crowd. Maybe it's trying to go against that grain and you have other people in your lives that are not believing what you're believing and they're just, you know, fighting against you and that God's going to give you strength because we're obeying him and he's going to give you comfort in those times. In John chapter 16, verse 33, now I'm just going to flip over to it. And I mean, here's what he says. He says, I have told you these things that in me that you may have peace. That's what he said. But then he says this, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say may have trouble, you might have trouble, part of who knows. No, he said you will have trouble. Listen to that. He says in this world you will have trouble, but, I love when Jesus puts a but in there. He says, but, take heart, I've overcome the world. That's what we can hang on to. 
when we go through those tr- struggles, when we go through that hurt, we can go to his word and know that he got through it, we can get through it, and he's got our back. It gives us strength and comfort in times of trouble. In Psalms 119, 28 says, my soul is weary with sorrow, strengthen me according to your word. Next one is this, it gives us hope in times of suffering. Sometimes we need that hope. Sometimes we need to know that there is hope in this. There's hope in this situation, this circumstance, in this things that are falling apart on us. He is going to give us hope in that. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for something to happen. Gives us hope. Hope when the things fall apart. Hope when, 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 when it's all going just crazy. He says in 119.49, he says, remember your word to your servant, for you have given me, everybody say hope. You've given me hope. So he, he gives us strength. He gives us hope. And this is what else it does for us. It gets us back on the right path. When we say obedient in his word, we say obedient and following him like we're supposed to follow him, like he wants us to follow him. Here's what it's going to do. It's going to get us back on the path. If we've got off the path. One, it'll keep you on the path so you don't get off the path if you stay strong in his word. And if you do get off it, you get into his word and he obey his word, it gets you back on the path. And there are times we get off the path. There are times that we just kind of somehow, you know, get down the wrong path, go down the wrong path. I mean, I do a lot of mountain biking through, you know, here in Austin and all that area. You can get off the path pretty easily, end up somewhere you don't supposed to be. It's very easy if you're not paying attention, you could get off the path. That's why it's so important to obey the Lord. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now obey your word. That's God's word. I'm going to ask Lynn to come up, play real strong. I mean, real strong, real silent, and I'm going I'm to finish with this story. Then we'll give you a couple things. Uh, we're not completely done. We're going to worship a little bit. But I'm hoping you hear this today. I'm hoping that God gets a hold of your heart today in this, is that how important it is to be obedient in his word. And again, like I said earlier, I love the fact that we have a pastor who says, here's our vision. And he'll be back to share that vision with us in the next couple, you know, weeks or next week or whatever it may be. But here's the deal. We're going to continue this vision series and the obedience of saying, this is where we want to take this church I love the most. We're not going to be hesitant on it. We're going to do it precisely. And and, uh, we're going to go strong in it. So I love this story, and I'm going to share this last story with you because it just kind of paints a picture of obedience here. And there was a story about this pastor, and this pastor was beginning, he had a big multiple church, he had all kinds of, uh, you know, other campuses, and I mean, he was doing a lot of cool stuff in his community. And he began to pray to God. He began to go, hey, God, man, I want you to use me outside the walls of this church. I really want you to use me uh, somewhere to reach more people. And he began to pray that strongly. He would go to his office and he would just get on his knees and he would play super strong and just, God, please use me outside the walls of this church. And he had used him like for 30-something years inside that church. And all of a sudden, this man who is this pastor, he, he, he hears this voice and it was this voice of God. And you know, I'm not saying an audible voice, but just hears it inside and it says this, go to China. This man began to pray again, go, God, maybe you misunderstood me. I, I was thinking maybe I'd write a book. I was thinking maybe we'd open another campus. I was thinking you would meet. Well, hold on, God. <laughs> maybe, let, me, let me pray some more. God, use me outside these walls. Use me in the lives of others. Da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, he'd go to China. He said, well, I'm, I'm confused by this. 
She began to research. She began to pray more. And he just kept hearing, go to China, go to China, go to China. Now, this was during a time when Chinese uh, were, were very, very, very um, against Bibles, against churches, heavy, heavy communist at this point, And they were actually killing Christians in that country for who were trying to bring Bibles and preach the gospel. So he knew that this was real, and he went to his wife and said, Honey, I've been praying about God using me outside the walls of our church, and I know that I need to be obedient to him, and God's telling me to go to China. And his wife answered with, Yeah, I know. I've already been talking to him too. Always seems to happen that way, doesn't it? So he tells his family, he tells his uh, deacons of his church, and they began to work through the process of it. And his wife was going, he was going, his son was going with him. And there was probably about seven or eight people from the church that says, we're with you, behind you, pastor. We're going with you as well. So they took 10, 11 people to China, stood in front of the church, said, church, we're going. We don't know what God's going to do, but we know we have a contact there. We're going to bring them Bibles. And we're going to share the gospel. Church gave the blessing. He leaves. They get there and of course, you know, they go around and they find this village. And this village that the person that they had contact with led them there. They snuck the Bibles in and they get to this place. And they had an underground church with this guy who was a Christian. And he was sharing the gospel with people. Said, yes, we've been waiting for you. Didn't even know, you know, they didn't talk to him. They didn't tell him they were coming. But he says, we've been waiting for you. They get there and they began to give Bibles out and they being very secretive by this. And of course, people began to get saved and more people began to get, give their life to the Lord. They're handing out Bibles. The whole village is starting to just churn in this underground secret church. Think about that. And then all of a sudden, the government finds out there's a church. One of the head guys says, listen, I need you to take a team. He calls in one of this guy and he says, listen, I need you to take a team and I need you to go to this village, find this people that's doing this church, and I need you to end it. I need you to get rid of it. I need you to do what you have to do. And if you have to take someone's life, you take someone's life. But end that church immediately. Well, this guy comes to the village. They were actually having a church service during this time and it didn't take long uh, for this man and his team to walk into a village of about 12 guys, probably on this team, plus him. It did not take long for them to find this church. Could you only imagine, could you just imagine this? You just came to know the Lord. Your life is completely changing. He's speaking to you. God is moving inside you and the doors kick in. pastor was actually standing in front of everybody and he was speaking at that moment when it happened. They had this little makeshift little podium and they had all the people sitting there and they came in, side doors, back doors, with guns drawn. They began in their language in China, in Chinese to say, take your Bibles, throw them right here in the middle and walk out. So one by one, these people who just got saved and they just got these Bibles, I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for this. They got up and they started to throw their Bibles into the middle and they began to walk out and several others did not. They stayed there. The pastor, the wife, the Americans, and several of the Chinese said, hold on, we're not going nowhere. This 
really irritated this man. He says, listen, I don't want to have to take your life tonight. I don't want to have to kill you tonight. I'm going to tell you one more time. I need you to take the Bibles, throw them into this pile right here, walk out like everybody else did. Now, nobody moved. The guy walks up and he puts the gun in the pastor's face and says, and he held his Bible. As the story says, he kind of hold it and he gripped it. And he put the gun in his face and he says, I'm telling you one more time. And I'm going to have to kill everybody in this room. Take the Bible, throw it down, or you're going to die. Nobody moved. He goes back to the guys who were standing in the back of the room. He says, lock the doors. They locked all the doors, and this, this guy, this captain or general, whatever he was, started walking down now toward this man. He's standing up there, and they had all the people who stayed come up and stand in front of the room. So it's the pastor, his wife, his son, the Americans, a few Chinese that stayed, and they're now standing there up in the front, and they're locking the doors, and they're walking down. I can only imagine this pastor's heart. I can only imagine his thinking. I can only imagine what was going on in him as he, this man began to walk now toward him, probably putting a bullet in the gun, and I know he's going, God, is this what you sent me here for? Is this why you had me leave? I was obedient. I did what you asked me to do. And apparently the wife even looks up and says, honey, are we about to die? I can only imagine as a husband and as a pastor looking down at his wife going, just close your eyes. It'll be quick. And I'm sure he was like, God, I was obedient. I did what you asked me to do. And they get down to the front. The guy lifts the gun. He says, last time. And the pastor looks up and says, we're not moving. And this man took this gun. He walks over and lays it at the feet of this pastor. And he looks up at him and says, I have to know about the God that you're willing to die for. And in that moment, that man led him and every single guard that walked into that door to Jesus Christ in that moment because he was obedient. Those stories don't always end that way, but this one did. Where this man says, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to go into this dangerous place. I'm going to walk into that. And you know what? And God used it in an incredible way. So here's my question to you this morning. What is God calling you to be obedient in in your life? What is it? Is it baptism? Like Mickey this morning? Is it that is it that, that you've been putting off and hesitating? Have you been putting that off? Maybe it's even salvation. Maybe that is the, you've been putting off and waiting for that moment to give your life to Jesus. Be obedient this morning. He may call you to reach people that are, make you uncomfortable. God may actually reach you, I mean, call you to reach out to people who make you feel uncomfortable. He may call us to take risks financially in order to reach others. God may call us to, to, to take care of someone who won't appreciate it. Oh, have you ever been there? What's God calling you to be obedient to this morning? He may call you to love someone 
who you consider unlovable. Maybe it's making a phone call to a mom or dad who hurt you. A brother or sister you haven't talked to in years because they said something, did something that you probably can't even remember what they did, but you're still angry about it. Maybe it's making things, some things right. Maybe God's calling you to do something that you've never done before, taking a step. Maybe God's calling you to do something that the world thinks is crazy. And sometimes the world thinks following Jesus is crazy. But it's been the greatest decision I've ever made in my life. The greatest decision I've ever made in my life was to take that step and follow the Lord. So I ask you this morning as we pray and as we kind of just, you know, close this thing down. My prayer is that today that God is moving in your heart, in your life to be obedient to what he's calling you to do. I believe wholeheartedly God is going to use this church in the lives of so many people. We're seeing it every week now. There's people who are just coming to know the Lord and getting baptized. And it's God's doing some cool stuff. And God, he's not done. So I ask you to just close your eyes and be real still. Let me pray for us. I'm going to let you know this altar is open today. For maybe some of those are things that you're struggling with and being obedient in, or maybe God's been stirring something in you. I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. I'm going to ask you to come and maybe get on your face and just pray and ask him to show you the way. Ask him to help you through it. Maybe you just need to be obedient this morning and following the Lord. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you just need to make that step across the line. You've heard the gospel, you know the gospel, you understand the gospel, but maybe you haven't made the Lord the Lord of your life. The Bible says you can confess with your mouth, but believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on that cross, to be buried, and then to prove that he was who he said he was. He beat death, rolled the tomb back and said, come on, follow me. It's about our heart, not our heads. So I ask you this morning, maybe that's you. Maybe that's where you're at. And I can't ever end something like this without giving you the opportunity to ask Jesus to rescue you. Ask Jesus to save you. Ask Jesus to come into your life. So if that's you, I just ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's not a magic prayer. It's just a prayer of you saying, Jesus, I need you. And maybe I'm going to ask you, though, if you know somebody maybe that needs Jesus, would you begin to pray for them? But if that's you in this moment, just say, hey, God, I need you. I believe in my heart that you're real. And I want to be obedient this morning and follow you. So, God, I ask you to forgive me of my mess-ups, my sins. God, rescue me. Come into my heart. Save me. I need you. I can't do this alone. I can't do this without you. I believe in my heart that you love me so much that you died for me to give me life. 
You are God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, when nobody's looking around, I just want to pray for you. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you just slip your hand up and say, that's me. And I believe it this morning that God rescued me. God saved me. Okay, I see a couple. Fantastic. I'm not going to ask you to come forward today. I'm just going to ask you to, hey, come find me. Maybe if you're at home and you prayed that prayer, email me. Let's talk about that next step. And maybe someone, like I said, maybe some of you are in this room and you just need to go through with baptism. Hey, come find me and let's do it. The water's going to stay warm. So we're going to sing this last song and close this up. I'll be back with some final instructions. But I do want to say the altar is open during this song for you to come And just maybe ask God to show you where you need to be obedient to him. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your goodness. God, I thank you for your example through Noah and what it means to be obedient. And God, I thank you that we obey you not out of obligation, but we obey you through the love that we have for you because you loved us first. So God, I thank you for that love. I thank you for the love that you would give your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for me, for us. So Jesus, I ask that you have your way this morning during this last response time. God, have your way in the hearts of the people in this room, those who are even watching. God, I pray that you will move in the hearts this morning. And who needs to say, God, I just need to come and get right with you. I need to be obedient. So have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? Come on. The altar's open, guys.